Welcome to the Run Lift Mom podcast, where we're talking about running, lifting, and momming, not necessarily in that order. Today, we're squarely in the running category, and I'm going to be walking you through my recap of the Holden Beach Half Marathon 2021, and also give you some consideration for your next race, no matter what distance it is. Here we go. Let me be clear about something. I wanted a personal record in the half marathon this fall. It would be a lovely story just to tell you I stumbled upon the fastest time I've earned in over a decade, but friend, it was very purposeful. This is going to be part recap of the race, but also part what I'm doing differently as a freshly minted master's runner, 40-year-old. The combination of the two secured a PR for me of over three minutes. Real talk, the last time I ran this fast was two pregnancies and four kids ago, and I am blessed to be able to share it with you. First things first, for a PR, choose the right race. Again, this was a very purposeful thing for me, and the BAM series, which stands for Big A Medals, and they are, is a collection of races in Brunswick County. It's along the coast of North Carolina. So anybody who's run at the beach knows that courses at the beach are usually flat. These are no exception. Now, a flat course doesn't guarantee a great race. I mean, see also the Oak Island Marathon that I did back in February? Oh, friend, it was a nightmare. But you can be prepared to peak at the right time on the mostly flat course, and that will do you a favor. So that's exactly what I did. At Holden Beach, the only incline was over the Causeway Bridge at the very beginning, and then when we went back over around mile five, that's it. I'm not saying that you can't have a personal record or PR on a rolling course with hills. In fact, my second fastest ever marathon was on one, but a flat course is going to put you in the position to, well, go fast. Outside of a gut check around mile eight and about a half mile of sand around mile 10, it was a really great day for me. I live in this area now, so it only took about 30 minutes to get to Holden Beach, Parking was really easy, and per usual, the race organizer does such a fantastic job letting folks know where to go and what to do on race morning. None of the chaos. It was relatively low stress. It's an intimate experience, so this race in particular had about 400 half marathoners. It also had a 5K race attached to it as part of the same event. So first, the wheelchair racers went off then the half marathoners, and then the 5K. We did overlap with the 5K runners a little bit on the course, and to be quite honest with you, those times were very encouraging because they were relatively on fresh legs versus us half marathoners. And again, BAM stands for Big A Metal. They definitely delivered on that. This one in particular was a stingray that opens up to a locket-style photo of the beach you're running on. And in this case, that was Holden Beach. I love these races and I think they're great for local folks or people who want a nice destination event to do with friends or a running family. All right, shoes. I have to address this first. I have the fancy carbon plate Alpha Fly shoes from Nike that cost $300, okay? 
I've tested them at almost every distance, and I estimate that for this effort, a half marathon, 13.1 miles, they gave me at least a minute, maybe even two. It's a shame that we're in a place in the sport of running where you're at a disadvantage if you can't pay $300 for running shoes, right? And I'm not poo-pooing Nike here because other brands have the same technology. And I know that the R&D that goes into the design and the materials themselves, they're expensive. So it yields that price tag. Still, it's kind of a bummer that if you don't have these fancy shoes on the starting line, you are already at a disadvantage. That said, I was not. (laughs) I had them. And I don't want to just go to the next portion of this recap without mentioning these two very obvious things. I was on a flat course and I had the fancy shoes. Let's move into training inputs though, because this I think you can mimic. Now, I've been following the Peloton Marathon training schedule and even documenting my experience with it on social media over the last 13 weeks up until this race. It's actually an 18-week overall program, and usually that would be a bit too long for my taste. I'm still doing it now, but my family was in a period of transition with our move to the North Carolina coast, and I knew I would need those early weeks of pure consistency that the Peloton program offers. Friend, it worked. (laughs) Look, I'm going to say it. The early weeks... They were not that challenging. Physically, the running and the strength, not that challenging at all. But they got me into the pattern of two speed workouts a week, two strength sessions a week, a fun run, and a key effort. It became a habit. And then the consistency that I was able to build, in my case, it was this extra long program. The consistency that I built back in June and July really helped. It was a break enough for my mind and body, but then also regular enough to maintain the habit. It really struck that balance. So for you, consider a happy medium between time off for your mind, as well as consistent running efforts. How can you strike that balance between break and consistency? After consistency comes sleep, and this is a training input. Now, I've talked about splitting the difference during your taper and during race week as a strategy, but let's talk about overall training input. Friend, if you're not getting at least seven hours of sleep, yes, I said seven, you are performing at a disadvantage. I will put a boatload of studies in the show notes, so click details or swipe up for that. The science is clear, though. You need sleep. No amount of supplements or $300 pair of running shoes is going to help you there. Now, splitting the difference is where you go to bed 15 minutes earlier and then you get up 15 minutes later. In that example, you've got a 30 extra minutes a day or three and a half hours per week. And I've suggested it previously as a taper strategy. That said, I think if you're not in a regular bedtime routine, you can use splitting the difference to get there. So I'm suggesting you do it even outside of your taper so you can get into that routine. All right, and finally, let's talk about reducing stress. Let's talk about stress, baby. I know, I know. Seriously, this is also a training input. As I reflect over 2018, 19, 20, I was very stressed. I didn't even need a pandemic for that. 
overworking to the point where my work was bleeding into my workouts. So not only was it a pure cortisol and then adrenal fatigue issue, but I wasn't even getting the escape of the workout because I was thinking about work. I have done so many long runs on a treadmill while also working at the same time because I thought it was a really neat opportunity to multitask. Wrong. Friend, that is wrong. My workouts in this training cycle have been focused on the workout. So my overall stress levels are down. Day to day, stress levels are down. Now, I know you're hearing this and you're like, well, lady, that's nice, but I can't just rip off my stress like a Band-Aid. I'm glad you can. I know. I'm not telling you that I don't have stress now. That's not what I mean by lower stress. Friend, I'm still working. (laughs) I have four kids in elementary school. We have unexpected bills, just like the next guy. There is stress, but the difference is I eliminated the unnecessary stress. Do you hear me? I eliminated what I could that was causing me stress that I didn't need to be stressing about. I eliminated the unnecessary stress. It translated to my workouts, and now my coping technique, running, is more effective. Simple as that. And that's where I think the extra minute or so in that personal record came from. Back as a 29-year-old, I ran a 138.24. And now as a 40-year-old, I ran a 135.15. And I think it comes down to consistency, sleep, and reducing stress levels. I hope that you can use this for your next race. I would love to hear how you're using this in your next race. Go to speakpipe.com slash runliftmom to tell me about what you're doing to get better. Thank you so much for listening to the Run Lift Mom podcast. I want to let you know that you can swipe up in the podcast player that you're in to see the show notes. That's going to take you to my website and you're going to get a deep dive on today's show. Cool, huh? You can think of it as a blog post that complements what was covered today with all of the links and resources discussed. Don't forget to check out the podcast partners as well with some really great offers for you. And until I get into your earpiece again, remember, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's from 1 Timothy 4.8, and this has been the Run Lift Mom Podcast.